Toward the end of last week's message, I talked about some of the things that spoke to me during the conference. And I mentioned that one of the things was speaking of memorials and reciting the Kaddish and how important it is to remember those people that have gone on before us. And I, I used the example of Joseph when he named his firstborn son. And once again, he named him. God has for, made me forget my troubles. But every time he would call out his name, it caused him to remember. Because God doesn't want us to forget our past. Because we have to build upon that past. Some of the pain that we suffered in the past was very painful, but it helped us to grow. So, remembering somebody and memorializing them, calling their names, is very important. Otherwise, we can forget who they were, forget what they were to us, and what we learned from them. And this week, we begin the second book of the Torah, with the 13th portion in our annual reading cycle. Now, I was speaking to someone earlier before service, and the question was as to the reading of the various uh, parashah. And what I said was this, and maybe you never thought about it like this, but as you read each parashah every week, by the time that we get to the end and start over, you've read the entire Torah. Now, I don't mean the part we read from the Bema, because we're only reading a very small part of that parsha. Now, the Haftarah and the Brit Hadashah are a little different, because we don't take a, a, and read all the way through it like some organizations will do. We have prescribed sections of the Haftarah that have always been always are read with a particular uh, parsha. And the Brit Hadashah is a little bit pick and choose. But the point is, the words that are written on that scroll, once we finish the entire year, we should have read every word in the Torah. So that every year we start over again and read every word in the Torah once again. It helps in our growth. I've used the example once of going to a movie and seeing a, a movie, and you really like the movie. So you go back to see it again, and I don't remember that. They said that because your mind can only grasp so much at a time, and there are gaps there. But when you see it over and over again, you can almost say the lines along with the actors. Batya and I can do that most of the way through Independence Day, our favorite movie. And we watch it every, we don't even, we don't watch it just on Independence Day. We watch it other times of the year sometimes, sometimes twice in the same week. We can almost say the lines. That's the whole point of reading through the Torah. You can know what's in there. You remember what's there because you read it over and over and over. 
You know, it, my, my case is an example. I've been part of this congregation since 1990. And since 1990, I've read through how many times now? Things come back to my mind that I may not have thought about two, three, four, ten years ago. But now that I've read through it more and more and more, they start coming out. So Parashat Shemot, that's where we are now. Making this Shabbat Shemot, the Shabbat of names. Juliet Capulet asked the question, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Of course, that comes from William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I, we all, were given a name at birth. My parents named me John Singh Sue Jr. It says that on my birth certificate. It says that on my driver's license. And I knew that I was given that name in honor of my father as his firstborn son. And guess what? I proudly and I humbly respect and appreciate that honor. As I grew and became more mature, I've had many different names. Today, depending on who you ask, where you are, my name is often preceded by a title. I'm either Rabbi John Sue, Pastor John Sue, Chaplain John Sue. Different titles that I've accumulated through the years through ordination, through licensing, through appointments. My middle name, Singh, is rarely ever used since my mom went home to be with the Lord. And when she used it, it usually meant that I was in trouble. And believe me, the junior was always there, so there's no mistake. She was not talking to my dad. And I've been called a lot of names in my life. After becoming a Messianic believer and being called to the Bema to read from Torah, I adopted a Hebrew name, Yochanan ben Avraham. When I was younger, my parents called me Johnny. Some of you know I'm not crazy about that name today, but it doesn't offend me if people do use that name. But that name became somewhat confusing to me because I ended up going to work for the same company my dad worked. And at that company, people called my dad Johnny. So I'd hear someone call Johnny and I'm answering them and they weren't even thinking about me at that moment. But I found out pretty fast that that was the way it was at work. My dad was Johnny. They didn't call me Johnny. They called me John or Junior. And I had to get used to that too because there was another guy there who was a junior and every now and then someone would address him as Junior. And if I was in earshot, I thought they were talking to me. But at home, Johnny is what my parents called me. Now, without getting into details, friends and co-workers over the years have been known to call me a variety of nicknames. And I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Nevertheless, all of those names hold memories for me. Some good, 
some not so good. But those names have the ability to make me look back in time, to specific times, to specific moments that were important to me. Again, it could be bad, it could be not so bad. It could be to remember the good things or could remember what not to do or who not to affiliate with based on hearing those names. Today, I'm usually just John to most people. Some call me rabbi, some call me pastor. Three people call me Abba or Dad. That's my daughters, of course. Sometimes cashiers or clerks uh, at hotels and such will call me Mr. Sue. As a sheriff's chaplain, deputies and recruits sometimes call me Sir which makes you a little uncomfortable because I don't want to be confused with the brass. And that's what you call the brass. I call them sir. But that's just the way they've been trained. Now most of us are made up of various identities, for lack of a better term. And sometimes those identities take on different names. The names that we're called by not only tell others but they also remind us who we are. Our names reflect our character. It provides us with meaning. Like I said, this week we're in Shemot. That's the, that's the word I was given, Shemot, which literally means names. At the beginning of our Torah portion, specifically verses 2 through 4, we see that there's a listing of the names of the children of Jacob, or who was, whose name was changed to Israel, that came down to Egypt. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Don, Naphtali, God, and Asher. Now since names tell others about who we are, what to their names say about them. Well, Reuben means, behold, a son. Simeon means obedient or listening. There's an obscure meaning that also has something to do with a hyena, but I don't know how that would fit him. Levi, it means attached or pledged or joined. Judah is praise, or the praised one. Issachar means reward. Zebulun means habitation, or blessed. Benjamin means son of my right hand. Dan means God is my judge. Naphtali means struggles or fights. Gad means to cut or invade. I mentioned this one last week. Asher means happy. And Joseph, of course, means God will increase. In each case, each of these sons were given a name that to their parents had a specific meaning and purpose. And if we go back and read through Genesis, we can see some of the reasons these names were given to them. If we go back to our passage and look at verse 7, it says that B'nai Yisrael were fruitful, increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew extremely numerous, so the land was filled with them. Well, as time went on, 
we see that this new Pharaoh, once again, a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph, I still am puzzled by that because even in our nation, we see that things are passed on from the leaders generation after generation. How could this Pharaoh, even though, yes, 400 years later, but how does he not know who Joseph was? Who didn't spread the message down through the ranks of all the pharaohs and not let them know who Joseph was and what he did for Egypt. It boggles the mind to think that that could happen. But in verse 9, Pharaoh called the ch- Jacob's children Am B'nai Israel, the people of Israel, or the Israelite people. By calling them by that name, Pharaoh elevated them from being just a family unit to being a nation. That's what he was doing when he referred to them as Am, B'nai Israel. He was referring to them as a nation of people. He even talked about how numerous they had become. And even though the taskmasters put all the extra work on them, they grew more. Go figure. Ultimately, according to some of the rabbis, it didn't take long for the Israelites to forget the name of the God that made a covenant with their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But just like today, with us, God didn't forget them. He always remembered the ones he called. Why not? Why didn't he forget? According to Midrash Shocher Tov, the rabbis say it was on account of three things. First, They did not forget their native language. Secondly, they did not stop circumcising their sons. And thirdly, they did not change their names. Now you might say, but didn't they take on Egyptian names, some of them, especially Joseph? Yeah, but he didn't change his name. Pharaoh changed his name. Joseph never stopped being Joseph. See, our names connect us with God. So in the Jewish tradition, names are sacred. Because names not only connect us to one another, just like the way different people know us by different names, again, our names connect us to God. Looking at memorials, looking at Kaddish, when we remember someone who has died, we memorialize them by mentioning their name. And we recite the mourner's Kaddish. I've taught this before, that when we recite the Kaddish, we are not praying for the deceased. We are praying to God. The Kaddish is a praise to God, remembering those people that were here before us. So by, the, by reciting their names and reciting Kaddish, we keep them and their memory alive within us. So names have that kind of power and that ability within us. Now, last week, it's been a little more than a week, actually, on January 11th, was the birth date of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who was one of the greatest Jewish thinkers of the 20th century. There's an entire collection of poems that Heschel wrote when he was a young man living in Berlin as a a Polish foreigner. The title of that collection 
is the ineffable name of God, man. Ineffable meaning incapable of being expressed or described in words. Beyond our ability to put any words to it. And by using that as his title, Heschel is suggesting that God's greatest identity, his often unspoken name, can be found in humanity itself, in each and every one of us. This past week we also remembered the name of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was born on January 15th, and we celebrated it this past Monday. In naming that day Martin Luther King Day, our nation has made a decision to make his memory a continuing part of our nation's identity. By placing his name on our calendars, by enjoying a special day off, not to mention remembering him in our hearts, we acknowledge the ideals that he stood for, which were freedom, equality, fellowship, peace, love for community, and pursuing our greatest dreams. Rabbi Heschel and Dr. King knew each other. They marched the streets of Selma, Alabama together. When we remember these two great men together, we also affirm the idea that of our shared values. The things we held so that are held so dear by a Hasidic rabbi from Poland are also dear to an African American Baptist minister who was actually a minister's son as well from Atlanta, Georgia. Like I said, our names connect us with God. And if our names connect us with God, then there's truth in the Jewish tradition that God's name connects us to God. Our name connects us to God, and God's name connects us back, connects him back to us. In chapter 3 of our Torah portion, Moses is speaking to God. You remember the burning bush scenario? And in verse 13 of the third chapter, he says, Suppose I go to B'nai Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What should I say to them? In verse 14, God answered Moses, and he said, I am who I am. And then he said, You are to say to B'nai Israel, I am has sent me to you. God's known as, by many names throughout Scripture. Just like we are known by many names among our friends and relatives. But one of his many names that he's called by is simply Eye, just like he said here in this passage. That name not only tells us that God exists, but that God is existence. Eye is a God who exists and is experienced throughout all creation. In and through everything that exists, including us. Think about the various names that you are known by, have been known by. What do they say about who you are? 
What do those names say about the values that define you? The values that are most important to you. Like I said, some of the names I've been called weren't so nice. Not necessarily the name itself, but what the association of the name was and the context in which it was given. Those who don't know, my father was Chinese, making me Chinese. I had a co-worker who referred to me as Chino, which in Spanish means Chinese or Chinaman. I found no offense in that, but other Spanish-speaking people around, if they heard him call me that, they would think that he was sliding me, putting me down. But to me, it held a particular meaning between he and I. We had this understanding of who he was, who I was. I called him Jefe. Sometimes he would be the dispatcher, so he would be my boss. So it was a thing that we had going on, and that actually that name still brings back fond memories. We've lost touch with each other. He also, by the way, is a believer. So he would have never called me by a vulgar name. But it establishes who we are in that relationship. See, what names are in your heart today? Which of those names, when you hear them, or when you think of them, make you happy, encouraged, and loved or feel important? Which of those names draws you closer to what God wants for your life? Which of those names connects you with God? Like I said, with Albert, I was Chino. That wasn't particularly a name that connected me with God. But what is the name that connects you with God? We're all born with a name which will ultimately become a defining factor in our identity. The various names we acquire as we live our lives and the names we choose to identify ourselves with tell people who we are. It tells people what we believe and believe in. The names that we use should tell volumes more about us as individuals than just we ourselves. Our names become our identity. So on this Shabbat, Shabbat Shemot, the Shabbat of names, let's let our lives be sanctified with the remembrance of names. In closing, there's a section in Perkei Avot with the ethics of the fathers, and I shared this, I believe it was two years ago. It contains some words of knowledge and wisdom from Rabbi Shimon. He said, there are three crowns. The crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of kingship. But he goes on to say, and the crown of a good name is superior to them all. Torah priesthood, kingship. But your name speaks more highly of you than those. And Lord God, 
we do lift up our lives. We do lift up our names to you. That we will be remembered by who we are in you. And that we will be remembered by one another and those come after us. As people that walked and spoke your truth. Walked in your truth and shared your truth with others. Let us be known as children of the Most High God. Let our names reflect how you look at us. And never, ever let us forget the most precious and glorious name, Yeshua, who has given us salvation, who brought us out of the pit into into newness of life in you, It's in his name that we thank you and bless you and pray. Amen.